your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome to the inaugural Monday edition of Offsides for the fall 2022 semester. I am your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Usually I've been on the other side, but now I am the host for the semester. Uh, I am not alone here in the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Um, we got a full house today. I have Kobe O'Brien, Nick Carlson, and Nick Jacobus joining us on Zoom. Gentlemen, welcome aboard. Glad we have some um, diverse uh, faces here in uh, offsides, some new faces, I should say. Uh, we had a lot to talk about today, so let's get right into that. We are going to do at least two uh, and three, or three segments if we have time. Uh, we're going to start off with the NFL. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with that, especially with a certain team in the NFC East, not named the Eagles. Uh, then we'll talk about the NBA. There was a major trade about a week and a half ago and just some other news I thought was fitting. Uh, and then if time permits, we will talk about the Phillies uh, very briefly and as they are trying to get to the playoffs since God knows when. And then we'll get to our top five as well. I won't say what it is just yet, but we'll get there when uh, the time comes. All right, so we'll start off with the NFL. We were going to start off with the reactions to um, the Bills absolutely slapping the Rams on Thursday Night Football, but considering Dak Prescott's injured, I felt that was more appropriate. All right, so Dak Prescott needs hand surgery and will miss at least around six to eight weeks, it seems like is the uh, projection right now by some of the Twitter doctors. Uh, Nick Carlson, I'll start with you. Yes, we have two Nicks, so... I'll start with you, Nick. Um, is this a wrap on Dallas' season? I know it's week one. A lot of people, you know, with the overreactions, but six to eight weeks is kind of like, eh, that's about half the season, give or take. Um, they're looking at Cooper Rush right now to start, who has, you know, one career start. Um, and they kind of looked pathetic against the Buccaneers before the injury. So what's your take on that? Yeah, I don't know if the season's a wrap yet. I'd say definitely the fact that you don't have Dak there and you have Cooper Rush poses a problem. I would have said it was 100% a wrap uh, until I just got the notification six minutes ago that says the uh, the Cowboys are going to be making a move for a quarterback. Mm, so, interesting. I mean, Jimmy G's there. You got guys like even, I don't know if the Steelers would consider trading Trubisky, but you got Drew Locke, Geno Smith. You got a, guy, a lot of guys who are there who... The Cowboys, I wouldn't say it's a win now, but they're a good enough roster to potentially make a run, and you don't want to just throw this season away because Dak got hurt. Yeah, this is obviously week one. You never want to start off like this. Um, I even saw, I was watching a little bit of Sports Center um, this afternoon as I was, I was eating my lunch. Uh, I forget who it, who said it, but somebody had said that the Cowboys should think about Tyler Huntley, the backup quarterback uh, for Lamar Jackson over in Baltimore. Uh, Kobe, I'll go to you. 
your thoughts on the Cowboys' um, mess right now. Obviously, their quarterback, Dak Prescott, is injured. They lost their left guard to a high ankle sprain. That's a, at least four, six, maybe even eight weeks. So that's that's a wrap for that. And um, Javon Curse, I think his name is, their starting safety also was seen with an injury. Um is Dallas, is this a wrap already? Is this the Eagles basically to lose? I, I think it is the Eagles to lose because they also lost Tyron Smith in the in the preseason. Yeah, so back to yep. December. So. Yeah, that so left side looks ugly. Yeah. Right? Their left side's terrible, and I don't think even if they get Jimmy or anyone else to trade in his quarterback, I don't think he can. They can win that many games without Dak. Like Dak is a he, Dak is a good talent overall. And he wins them a good amount of games. And after what I saw against the Bucks, their defense can't win them games without him. So I, I, I honestly do think that this is the Eagles here. The Eagles like easily have the NFC East with like without Dallas. Yeah, it's 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 really a um, I guess it's heartbreaking for the Cowboys. Obviously, that they were going into the season with high expectations. I mean, they did take a step back. Obviously, losing Amari Cooper and. You know Tyron Smith, the injury. Well, Omar Coop got traded, um, and just just a lot of injuries, and it's it's been a mess the last you know twelve to twenty four hours in Dallas. But we'll see how that works out for them. And then let's go into our Week One reactions. A lot of um, craziness going around the NFL in the last day or so. Uh, we still have one more game tonight, which we'll get to uh, in just a few moments. So the big games that I um, that I t- uh, took away from yesterday, the Eagles narrowly defeated the Lions in Detroit. That was a 38-35 victory uh, for the Birds. I also watched the second half of the Green Bay-Minnesota game. That was pretty ugly. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with his new receivers, not off to the greatest start. The Vikings looked pretty uh, pretty good, honestly. Did you see the first half of that game, the Packers Vikings game? No, I was here. That was I, even no, worse. No, no, no. I was bad. here doing my uh, rock show. Actually. Yeah, that was. So, I, think, I saw the drop. Yeah, I was gonna say Christian Watson, and that, that was his. Was sad. That was he was targeted right then, and then not targeted again until the back half of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I yeah I did see Rogers that. Rogers just doesn't trust anyone. Nope. Anyone in that room. All right, Nick Jacobus, I'll go to you. Um, your thoughts? Any games in particular that um, that stood out to you? You know, um, you know, scores or upsets. Uh, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers or any games in particular that stood out to you. Well, I'm going to first touch on like you guys were saying over there in the studio. That Packers game, that first half, I wa- I had to turn off the second half. So I'm sorry, Larry, <laughs> you even watched that second half. Right. Justin Jefferson is him. He is hands down probably already guaranteed in that top three wide yeah. receiver conversation yeah. now he's arguing for that number one spot and honestly he looked he looked like him as we've all been saying recently he has absolutely been dominant through the stretch of the back half of last season and then that show he put on in minnesota yesterday um but something i'm surprised not a lot of people are really talking about is the chiefs and the cardinals i mean Patrick Mahomes had a quiet five touchdown passes in that absolute embarrassment. Yes, yes, he did. That was, I feel like not a lot of people are talking about that, but I mean, like, you had the AFC this offseason completely brand new, refaced, remodeled on almost every team. He had so many stars leave the NFC to go to the AFC. The Chiefs are still legitimate Super Bowl contenders, regardless of how good the Bills might look. 
Like the Chiefs mm-hmm. without Tyreek Hill, I think everyone was kind of, oh, it's normally Hale and Kelsey in that offensive mix. But I mean, truthfully, you have to look at how scary it is that Mahomes is now has no pressure at all to throw to anybody. Maybe Kelsey still has that pressure, but like there are going to be so many guys that you have no idea what their name is catching touchdown passes from him. And I think they're going to be a real threat. And I think they're almost a lock still. I mean, granted it is week one, so that might be overreaction. But, like, they legitimately look like guaranteed locks to win that division, regardless of how Russell Wilson performs tonight. I think throwing five touchdown passes against a team last year that was – going into week like what 14 15 they were 10 and 2 or something they looked like a like their number one seed in the nfc to go out there and annihilate them like they did i mean that's something not a lot of people are talking about i feel and that needs to be mentioned more but going back to that lions uh eagles game i mean the lions were down at one point i want to say it was 20 ish points roughly yeah yeah and they crawl back and i truthfully believe if they didn't do that onside kick in the third quarter, that game could have been very, very different than how it was. I mean, it still was a great game. No one not doesn't want to watch a 38-35 uh, game. I mean, that's awesome to watch. But, I mean, like, seriously, going back to the Dak Prescott 2, hands down, this is the Eagles division to lose now. Regardless of that insanely insane missed kick that gave the Giants their first uh, win, I mean, you just can't. You just can't beat that. Yeah, some good points, uh, Nick, that you brought up there. And I'm just looking at the um, the week one, like, um, what am I looking at? The box scores, I guess, of every game. Some were, you know, expected, some not. I was very surprised to see the Steelers-Bengals go to overtime because Joe Burrow threw, like, four picks. Um, how did the Texans tie the Colts? Like, the Colts were supposed to be like, oh, it's their division, you know, the Titans are, and eh, the Jags are the Jags, and the Texans are a dumpster fire. And I'm like, you guys have Matt Ryan and for Indianapolis, and you tied the Texans. Okay. Yeah, I, I've been saying this for like five the, months now. I think the Texans are not as bad as people think. Well, the Falcons are still the same. They're choking as usual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're another one. Even the Saints, I mean, they're like okay. I feel like they haven't gotten much better, but like Davis Mills is not a bad quarterback. And, no, he seems to be doing pretty good. And their defense is pretty good too. That's why I wasn't shocked to see them go up 23. So. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting results there. Kobe got something. I mean, statistically, there's no reason why the Colts should have lost that game. Like Jonathan Taylor, he he went for 160 yards. Yeah, 31 carries. attempts. Yeah, in Pittman too, 120. There's no reason they should have tied for that. There's no like it doesn't make sense how it was wow. tied. Pitt- statistically, it's all there. Pittman had nine catches, 121, and a touchdown. Like. So I don't know. We'll we'll see about the Colts. Um, actually, let me pull it up right here. The Colts. Their next game is at Jacksonville. Oh, they're kryptonite. Oh, here we go again. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how that works out. But a lot of interesting games. Week one. I know overreactions. They're flying on the internet right now. So uh, a lot to a lot to see in the coming week or so as we um, start to see some more losing records. I guess. All right, and then to wrap up our NFL segment, we do have one more game to get to uh, tonight on Monday Night Football. We have Russell Wilson making his return to the Seahawks, uh, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. 
Um, so it's the Seahawks against the Denver Broncos. I know we've all been hearing Russell Wilson say Broncos country, let's ride about 15 times a day. Um, obviously, the Broncos, new coach Nathaniel Hackett most recently was the Packers offensive coordinator. Russell Wilson went 10 years in Seattle. Could have won back-to-back Super Bowls if it wasn't for a certain play calling. Um Winning record, very good touchdown-interception ratio. So now it's a new chapter for Russ uh, and the Denver Broncos. Kobe, any predictions for tonight? Any hot takes? Any bold predictions? Is Russ throwing? Uh, is he tying the NFL seven-touchdown record? And Anything you got about tonight? I don't think it's going to be that bad with the seven touchdowns. The, the Seahawks are terrible. Yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty boring in the second half of that game. But I think it's, it's going to be a pretty – one-sided game there. I think Russ is just going to pick apart their defense because he has very solid receivers. The backs are good too, Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. He's amazing. He's compl- I think he's one of the most underrated backs in the league, mm. and I don't think their defense can really do anything against that offense. And on the flip side too, I Gino is not going to do anything. Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see him winning the game for him. I think the only person who maybe can is like Rashad Penny if they get a run game going, but you have to be leading to get to that point. So I don't know if they can carry it. I'm pretty sure they're going to try to split carries with him and Kenneth Walker too. No, he's uh, Kenneth Walker's out. Oh, okay. He's, I think he's got a. Um, I think I don't know what it was. He was his back or something was hurting him or something. I got to look it up, but I'm pretty sure he's out for tonight. I was thinking, I'm like, wait, didn't he retire? And I'm like, oh, Chris Carson yeah. retired. My bad. Um, yeah, DK Metcalf, I guess just force feed him the ball um you know we saw with the eagles yesterday uh jalen hurts was force feeding aj brown so the seahawks got to do that for dk he just resigned him you can't just you know can't just trust your other receivers at least at least right now you got to develop a rhythm i guess with everybody on the team Lockett's still there too but they're gonna force feed it to dk yeah Lockett. yeah he's always a he's always been a pretty good receiver so kenneth walker has a sports hernia he just had Ooh. surgery a couple weeks ago that's, uh, not, that's so. not good yeah he's out for tonight yeah the seahawks are done yeah yeah <laughs> they're done i now what i did i remember um from Sports Center this afternoon. I that, this is a good point. Russell Wilson, for the first time in his career, is going to face the other side of Seattle in terms of it's so difficult to play there as an opponent, and you have like the architecture where the sound is projected. That's going to be weird for him. Like the, the fans are, they're going to probably get riled up and make it hard for him to play. Yeah, but I feel I like you've been there for so long that I feel well, like it yeah. doesn't affect you. Yeah, Nick Jacobus, anything? I would say. I, I'm going to be that guy. I think there is a solid, not not at all a good chance, but a solid chance that the Seahawks could pull this out. Okay. Being a Jets fan, I've seen Geno Smith at his absolute best, which is maybe average. At, like, that's his best is average. But if they're able to actually establish the ground game early and use the sound to their advantage, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson coming back to get that win Monday night football in a loud stadium. Yeah. There's there's always a chance, especially week one for a team. I mean, we saw the Jags win week one, what was this, two, three years ago, and then they lost every other game. Yeah. Seattle's not a good team this year, but there's always a chance for an upset. And when it's against your franchise quarterback brought your franchise your first Super Bowl. I think there might be a pretty rowdy crowd tonight in Seattle, and if it permits, maybe the running game gets going with just Rashad Penny. 
We know that Pete Carroll loves to run a 1940s offense and run the ball down your throat. Maybe there's a chance. I'll, I'll be that guy. I'll be the optimistic guy and say that they have a chance. That is a steaming hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Jacobus, okay. First offsides of the semester, and we already got uh, Nick Jacobus going with the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with the Broncos. I mean, Russell Wilson, it's one of those revenge games where it's kind of more obvious. I mean, the whole Baker Mayfield thing. I know uh, Kobe's kind of just uh, face palming right now because he's a uh, suffering Panthers fan. Um, oh, that's tough. I'm Nick, a Browns fan, so uh, it's tough. That and you Nick got Jacobus, Baker. you're a Jets fan. My condolences. We got we got a lot of different fan bases in this offsides. Wow. Um, all right. So I got the Broncos. Nick Jacobus has the Seahawks. I assume you two Broncos country. Let's ride. All right. Yeah, I think this could get interesting. Maybe at like halftime it could be like, oh, maybe this could be an upset, but I, th- I think the Broncos could probably pull it out. Um, it's just one of those games. But it's it's going to be interesting too. Nathaniel Hackett, this is his first head coaching position, I believe. Uh, and you remember the Broncos did that because they were trying to get Aaron Rodgers. So pretty much – that's just a permanent reminder. Hey, we failed get Aaron Rodgers. Let's have Russell Wilson. Um, so this could get interesting. Obviously, Vic Fangio in Denver was not the answer uh, for those few years he was there. Um, but we'll see as we conclude week one of this NFL season. And speaking of that, we are concluding uh, our NFL segment for today so let's before we get to our nba segment of course we have to read the wgls campus calendar rowan university's department of public safety would like to remind everyone in the rowan community about the the, about the importance of pedestrian safety especially while crossing route 322 motors who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines please follow state law and stop for pedestrians for questions about public safety call 856-256-256 4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these quick messages, but we have more to get to, so stay right there. Coverage of Prof Sports on WGLS-FM is made possible in part by Landmark Americana. Located on 1 Mullica Hill Road in Glassboro, New Jersey, Landmark Americana provides a variety of dining options, including burgers, wings, ribs, and more. For more information, the number is 856-863-6600, and the website is LandmarkAmericana.com. Landmark Americana is proud to support Prof Sports on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Grab a fistful of quarters and head on over to the 80s Arcade. Saturday mornings from 10 till noon on Rowan Radio. Come celebrate the decade of decadence with me, Lee Kirshner. Enjoy awesomely rad artists and totally tubular hits. Oh, gnarly! It's a blast from the neon-colored past. It's the 80s Arcade, every Saturday morning starting at 10, right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, and also online at rowanradio.com.
Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're listening to the inaugural uh, Offsides here on Monday afternoons for the fall 2022 semester. I'm Larry Dealman, and I'll be your Monday host for this semester. I have a full house here in the WGLS studios. I have Nick Carlson, Kobe O'Brien, and Nick Jacobus uh, joining us on Zoom. All right, so we just got done our NFL segment. We talked about Dak Prescott injury, week one reactions and overreactions, and, of course, Russell Wilson um, returning to Seattle tonight in this, in this season's first Monday night football game. So now we're going to move on to our NBA segment. Pretty much right now, obviously, the preseason for the NBA has not started. Um, probably should get underway very late September or, obviously, early October. So it's just a bunch of news right now, but there was a trade uh, about a week and a half ago that went down involving the Utah Jazz. So Donovan Mitchell, the superstar, the franchise for the Utah Jazz, was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in exchange for Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton, Ochai Ogbaji, three firsts, and two pick swaps. Oh my. So... Remember, a few months ago, Utah traded Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves for that humongous haul. I believe there was four four or five first-round picks involved with that. Um, People were saying, oh, Donovan Mitchell should get a bigger haul than Rudy Gobert, obviously. Uh, The Knicks were also in the hunt, uh, but obviously that that did not come to fruition. The Knicks instead decided to sign R.J. Barrett uh, to an extension. So now the Utah Jazz uh, maybe can build around Colin Sexton. They are basically in complete tank mode. No Rudy Gobert, no Donovan Mitchell. It's just, yeah. And they also have Will Hardy as their new head coach, who is, I believe, like 34. So this is his first uh, head coaching gig. So a lot of um, a lot of turmoil over in Utah. Kobe, I'll go to you. Are you a uh, what's your basketball associate? Are you Sixers or Knicks? Oh, uh, Knicks. Okay, I'll go yeah. to you first then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your reactions? Did you think that the? Did you think the Knicks were really like uh, in on Donovan Mitchell, or was it kind of just like you know kicking tires around and stuff like that? Um, and your thoughts of Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland? So it's a, you always have to take everything as a Knicks fan. You have to take everything with a grain of salt, like. I was, I I was all for Donovan Mitchell coming. I th- I thought like he was like, it was pretty like, so set in stone that he was going to come, because of like Leon Rose, and then uh, they always find a way to mess it up. Yeah. It, because it, all the reports came in like, especially the one that uh, came in like a few weeks ago, right before the trade happened, that out of nowhere the trade talks of the Knicks like became alive again. That's when I was really riding towards that we were going to get him. But the Knicks, they just didn't have enough to give. Mm. So it was always in the back of my head that we weren't going to get him at all. Even though that it was like talked about that they were, that he was like a tar, that the Knicks were a target that he was looking forward to because he grew up in New York. And then with the, the whole Utah thing, they're, they're, they're tanking. Yeah. It's a full tank. Oh yeah. They are, uh, in complete tank mode. I mean, if you look at the Utah Jazz, like the last bunch of years, it's always been like second round exit, second round, first round, no playoff, second round. They've always been like good, but not good enough. 
Um, but they're just, it's complete tank mode uh, in Utah now. Uh, I think a lot of people are saying that basically, for the, obviously for this past NBA draft, you have Paolo Bancaro and all of them, and that was the big uh, question about them. This coming draft in 2023, the tank is on for Victor Weminyama. He is a French prospect. I think he's like 18 years old. He's a center, and apparently the scouts are thinking he's a consensus number one, no questions asked. He has apparently elite defensive skills. He has like point guard handles, and he can shoot like Dirk Nowitzki. He's he's amazing. I've seen like some clips of him and. The league might be in trouble. If he puts on some more weight, he the league's in trouble. So, Utah Jazz might could they maybe tank? I don't know. Well, that, that's the thing is like tanking can only go so far because the lottery just messes everything yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, so Nick, I'll I, Nick Carlson, I'll go to you actually. So uh, Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. Do you think the Cavs can make some serious noise? Last year they were ninth in the East. Uh, they were bounced in the play-in tournament. Um, your thoughts on the Cavs? Is this good enough to uh, bring some noise back to Cleveland in the post-LeBron James era? Yeah, I mean, I guess they'll make some noise in regards to, like, they'll be the six seed or, like, the five seed, uh, at least for this year. Their team is so young, though. I mean, Darius Garland, yeah. uh, Mobley, um, and now you got Donovan Mitchell, and it's just like, in, like, three, four years, I know they don't really have much draft picks now after just giving all of them away for Mitchell. Yeah. But, I mean, you're going to have such a good team that people are going to want to play for it, and especially with LeBron, people are going to want to bring a championship back. I mean, who knows? If one thing leads to another, somehow Cleveland gets Bronny in, oh, like, four years. No. I mean, that would be, like, the fairy tale story. I think it's, like, maybe two or three years because – LeBron just Isn't signed an extension. Yeah. I think Bronny might be like two or three because I, I think it's like 23 or 24. Like, See, I don't it's pay— It's like right there. I don't pay that much attention to what Bronny's doing, but you read reports, and he's like—he's not as good as people think. That's what I've read. He's like the 20th-ranked prospect, but the reason why he's such a big name is because if you get Bronny, you get LeBron. Yeah, I mean— LeBron said he didn't want to go to like Orlando because of the the whole bubble thing, but I don't. I I would be interesting to see, it'd be interesting to see LeBron like what if like the Pistons got him and LeBron just goes to Detroit <laughs> or that would that would be interesting. Uh, Nick Jacobus, I'll go to you. Uh, your thoughts on the Cavaliers making this blockbuster trade for Donovan Mitchell? Was it pretty much time to um, to blow up this roster? You know, you, Quinn Snyder resigned and you know Gobert's gone Mitchell's gone was this just the time for the Jazz to just completely blow it up and start um tanking or whatever you want to call it um and do you think that the Jazz uh got a fair return for him oh they definitely got a fair return for Gobert and it was 100% time to blow it up I mean realistically they weren't getting anything done in the east and I know this might sound weird as a Jets fan. I am a Grizzlies fan. I sat through that grit and grind era. The Grizzlies are up and coming. I mean, the Warriors, no one really saw them as NBA champion favorites. Yet, look what they just did this past season. The West is a tough conference to play in. Yep. But the East, going on what you guys have been saying, I think the Cavaliers are serious noisemakers this year. I mean, I wouldn't put it above them to get, you know, 
in that five to seven seed area and maybe even get like a first round win depending on who they're matched up against if they got lucky enough to you know have someone like the Hawks or something but I mean I think that top four in the east is locked in you got the Bucks you got the Celtics you got the Sixers you got the Heat there you have the Nets that are gonna I guess have to do something with Kyrie and Durant I mean I mean the whole reason I think Durant wasn't traded is because you looked at what Rudy Gobert was traded for and I mean how can you trade for Rudy Gobert four plus draft picks I mean serious starters I I mean seriously I think that the Jazz did the right thing but to tank like it was mentioned before it's really hard to tank in the NBA now with that lottery I mean we saw the Pelicans take Zion from the poor Knicks fans for all of them but I mean seriously I think hands down the Cavs are genuinely a team to watch not title contenders as mentioned before they're way too young to do something like that I mean we saw the Celtics get handled in the finals by a aged veteran Warriors team that knew what they were doing but I mean I couldn't put it above them to at least make the first round and potentially make it a six seven game series I I think that their legit chances at a playoff appearance are pretty good yeah so some good points there uh Nick and I'm looking at the NBA standings from this past season uh, and you brought up a few of them. So the Cavs, like I said, were the ninth seed. They were six games over 500. Um, pretty much, obviously, teams like the Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers are kind of locks um, for those like top four seeds. Uh, but then you have like these middle seeds last year: Raptors, Bulls, Nets, Hawks. Those were like the other um, teams in the top eight. Honestly, you could kind of go either way with all those teams the Nets we still have not seen how Kyrie and KD play with Ben Simmons uh, who just sat out the entire year and it's it's been a mess over in Brooklyn so the Cavs could probably ascend in the standings if everything goes right they are young but they do have the talent Donovan Mitchell is an easy you know 25 points per game kind of guy um, so honestly this is exciting for them I think he should have a few more years on his contract. I don't, I don't think he's like. I think he has three. Okay, so he's got a good. Oh amount. yeah, didn't yeah. he sign like right after the yeah. bubble or something? Oh yeah. Okay, so that's. I was gonna say because it's like, why would you trade for him like on a rental? Kawhi, you trade for a rental. Donovan Mitchell, eh. Yeah. So, I think it was a good trade for both sides. The Jazz just need to blow it up. Uh, Danny Ainge knows how to uh, hoard draft picks and. Uh, players Don't they got 13 13 or 14 draft picks over the next seven years i think is what it is right now what it's, it's looking like what it's yeah. looking That's like crazy what it's looking like in the tank for victor sweepstakes it's like the thunder the spurs and the jazz are like right there they're all like yeah. that's that like the magic will probably get better uh the rockets i mean come on uh the pistons should should get better with Cade cunningham Jaden so, ivy too Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's two good. very young good he's stars. Really good. Right, uh, but again, like the Spurs, they they're not going anywhere. Jazz Thunder, so Danny Ainge could make something happen in Utah. Um, so that that could get interesting really quick. So we'll see how that turns out in Cleveland. All right, and now we're switching over to our the hometown team, at least for the Philadelphia fans. Uh, the 76ers made a move the other day. Uh, signing another backup center in Montrez Harrell. 
Uh, Harrell is 28. Last season, he spent uh, in Washington before he was traded to Charlotte. This is now his sixth team in the NBA. Uh, he's a former sixth man of the year under Doc Rivers. It was the, the last year that Doc was with the Clippers before he was fired. That was the bubble year where they choked the Nuggets. Um, this is actually the third center in a row to have beef with Joel Embiid. We remember the whole Dwight Howard uh, and Andre Drummond thing. So now we have Harold. They got into a little you know, uh, argument last year. Now they're teammates. Uh, Harold puts up some pretty good numbers. And, you know, this could get interesting. Uh, Kobe, I'll go to you. I know you're on the, the Knicks perspective, but this is now the fifth. The fifth former Houston Rocket the Sixers have signed. Harden, Tucker, Queen, House, and Harrell. Does this team look complete to you, or is this another second-round goodbye? I, Yeah, because I, I, I think the top of the East is still too it's too solid with the Bucks, Celtics, and uh, Heat. And Heat, I think that, that's just too good of competition. I don't think they're a lock for the Eastern Conference Finals. I I think they're it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great series, whatever series they're in in the second. Yeah, but they're gonna get bounced there. Okay, I think the top is just way too solid. Watching the Heat Sixers series uh, back in May, I was thinking if we would have won Game Six, we would have got destroyed in Game Seven. That was in Miami. That that was like forget it. We we won two games. I'm not you know that's pretty good, but. Uh, I think Harrell should help out him. And I was watching some of the Harden Harrell pick and rolls in Houston; those were pretty nasty. Um, and I think honestly, Daryl Morey's just trying to get the old Rockets squad back together from his Houston days. And you know, uh, Doc Rivers. You know, you have some Clippers with you know Tobias. Uh, now Harrell was also a former Clipper. Uh, Nick Carlson, I'll go to you. Any thoughts on the uh, Sixers getting their backup big man at this point i know rowan radio is a proud partner with delaware bluecoats um a lot of people are kind of mixed on the whole paul reed charles bassey you know big man kind of thing and when i watched paul reed in the playoffs he's good he's athletic but my goodness like you blink and he has three fouls already so does this show getting harold is this mean that Paul Reed is just going to get pushed to the bench you know is this a good signing a bad signing what say you yeah I think it's more just like Montrose Harrell's our depth guy just like you said Reed's going to kind of get pushed to the side if god forbid an injury happens at least Paul Reed can step in but I think it's just another signing where it's like okay you you have the roster you have Embiid you have Maxi, you have Harden don't get bounced in the second round and there's too many good teams you got the Celtics you got the Heat there's so much, and even the Bucks. I mean, the Nets could come out of nowhere. It's just such a dogfight at the top that it's just like whoever comes out of it is just going to come out of it, and that's it. You don't really know just because of what the competition is there. That's a good word you use, dogfight, because looking at like the Western Conference, obviously the Warriors are still the Warriors. They're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies could make some noise. Let's be honest. Is anybody really afraid of the Suns? <laughs> I mean, they Luka Doncic ripped them apart in Phoenix, Game Seven by himself. I watched that and I was just laughing the whole time. It was sixty-four wins. You can't do that. But uh, going back to the East, yeah, it's a dogfight at the top. Uh, Nick Jacobus, any thoughts on Montrez Harrell to the Sixers? Is this team at least good enough to get past the second round? Because it's been. 
Um, it's been like the same result every year. Do good, get bounced in the second round. You know, Harden and Embiid have had some questionable playoff performances in the past. Uh, but do you think that the Sixers could get it together this year? I think if there was a year to where the Sixers had to sit there after getting bounced last year where, I mean, even in the first round against the Raptors, that should have been at maximum a five-game series. That, that, scared, put, that series that, scared me, honestly. That, that, I think, bled into their series with the Heat last year, and they kind of got in their heads, obviously, and Bede was hurt. So not really everything went their way last year. But if there was a year to where I could safely be like, okay, the Sixers legit, legitimately could make it out the East, I would have to say this year – they loaded up on the bench this year. I mean, you had, like they mentioned before, Embiid, Harden, Maxi. You clearly can tell that's their big three. That's who they want to have the ball in their hands in the clutch moments. That Those are going to be the big guys, the superstars in the team. But, like, you have to look at the other signings, too. Like you mentioned, like De- De'Anthony Melton coming in there. Oh, yeah, But you also have to him. look at, like, their defense i really think that their defense was their weak point last year in the playoffs and if you as a team can collide together and make each other better which i'm hoping that they did this season it could it could legitimately bring them out of the second round and i think i mean granted look back that year when the Kawhi shot hit they were they looked like they were going to make it to the finals that year and something just out of the water happened and then you know the Raptors went on to win the championship and those shots that Kawhi had like that happens to championship teams on championship years they need luck to go their way but I think they just need to shore up their defense their offense provides enough Harden if he's in shape like everyone's been saying this offseason you know he's working out with Kevin Durant if he comes back to at least 60 percent of what he was in Houston I think legitimately the Sixers could go to the finals. Not winning it, but I think they could make it out the East. But you have to face Giannis. You have to face Tatum. Like they said before, it's a dogfight in the top of the East. It's just a matter of who wants it more. And I think the Sixers are a team that really wants it after these last few years of playoff just disappearances from their stars or the team. But I think it's it would be safe to say that they can make it to the second round. It's a matter of matchups at that point. Yeah. And if the team is still healthy and mentally there. All right. Some good points there from Nick Jacobus. Um, yeah, some good points there. So I think that the Sixers, they just, obviously with the PJ Tucker signing, that was good. I mean, maybe not for three years, but they just need somebody to just come in and say, guys, like, what are we doing? There, there's the aspect of is this team too soft to win anything? You know, PJ Tucker coming from the Heat. I don't know. I mean, we all made fun of Kevin Durant. You know, if you can't beat them, join them. But have you ever seen with Tucker with the Heat? If you beat them, join them. I, I don't know because I mean the Heat beat the Sixers and that was interesting. But a lot of the uh, former Rockets, maybe there's already some chemistry. So hopefully that could give the Sixers an advantage uh, going into the first few weeks of the season and beyond. So hopefully we can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That'd be nice. All right, and then to wrap up our NBA segment, this is a story that I've been seeing for a while, and it's been brought up uh, in the last couple days. Let's see what you guys think about this. So according to Shams, um, one of the NBA uh, top insiders, 
Adam Silver is really, really passionate about this NBA midseason tournament thing. So this is the tweet that Shams wrote um, pretty verbatim. So the current framework of this NBA in-season tournament could start as soon as next season, so 2023 to 24 season. Uh, obviously, this year is the 22-23 season. Uh, so next season, it could look something like this. There are cup games through November. Eight teams advance to a single elimination final in December. The rest of the NBA continues with the regular season. All games are part of the 82-game schedule with one extra game for the two teams that make the finals. And I guess there's prizes or cash prizes or something like that. I don't know. Like I think it's still kind of a to-be-determined on, you know, what, what do you get, bragging rights or something? I actually am kind of against this because I've always kind of thought that, oh, this is just extra games and stuff. Uh, and I know soccer this is kind of a big thing kobe i'll go to you first what are your thoughts on this whole in-season tournament thing like obviously the playing tournament with the playoffs you know was to make up some extra money from the whole bubble situation you know with covid and it gives other teams a chance and some people like it some people don't but a mid-season tournament? Like, what? What's your thoughts? Yeah, well, when it comes to the plan, I think the plan was one of the best things the NBA has done in recent history because it makes, like, the bottom half of the, of the games, like, extremely exciting. But yeah. when it comes to, like, the in-season, I don't necessarily see the point. It gets too convoluted with, like, including it a part of the 82. Yeah. And these guys make too much money. Like, what it, like already, like, what's the pool going to be? Yeah. It has to be a substantial amount. And I it just doesn't seem like it's going to be that interesting if the pool isn't that big yeah the dallas mavericks owner uh mark cuban i saw a quote on twitter from him he basically said that you know i guess if the mavericks or when the mavericks compete in this i don't see us doing this and we could rest our starters and stuff he is very against this um so that was interesting coming from him obviously he's got a you know a super duper star in luka Doncic. Um, but I always thought that this was more games and this was going to cause more injuries to me. It, it just doesn't have like the same feeling when you hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy in June, you know, like when Steph Curry was like ugly crying in Boston, when they clinched the title this year, you see more emotion in that. When you go on Twitter, when these players are like, hey, we won the midseason tournament, man. Let's go. It's like, good for you. It, um, to me, at least. Go ahead. It seems kind of, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pointless. Yeah. Because but, the only tournament people care about is the playoffs. So midseason, I don't think it's going to have enough. I don't, I don't think fans are even going to care about it. Because yeah. unless, unless there's something down the road where it's like, in the MLB All Star Game, how you get like home field advantage if you if you win like the All Star Game. I'm pretty sure they stopped that, but like if that would be like the pool, maybe that'd be something interesting. Or if the guaranteed first overall pick or something. Yeah, like, it has to be something like substantial. It not it, it can't be money wise because money's yeah. not going to affect. Like these imagine guys. LeBron here's an extra five mil. Like I don't or yeah, donate that, to like, donate to that's charity. Pocket change. Like, yeah. maybe it's, donate to a big charity in your city or something. Like, but for some players, it's like I don't. Why would I want to get injured to donate yeah. to charity? It has to be something big like a locked play in spot or like yeah. a, or like the first overall pick, which that would be 
I would watch that. That would be yeah. like that would be that'd really be like, good. That'd be like Hunger Games. Or but something. why would players want to play for that? That's what I'm thinking. Because then that first overall pick could just take your spot. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Nick Jacobus, I want to get your thoughts on this too. While we're at yeah. it, your thoughts on a midseason tournament or cup games, and is there really even a point to this, or is the, like the bragging rights would they be like authentic? I, what's been running through my head the entire time we've been discussing this right now is how badly the Timberwolves and Pat Bev, when they celebrated <laughs> that play and win tournament, like when they went crazy like that, that's what I'm getting from this cup. Like, you, are you going to have a team that has nothing to play for? Nodes like, like the jazz, like, are they going to be going, okay, guys, we could win the cup in December. And then like, that's yeah. it. This, I, like you guys have been saying, there's no real player motivation to play for this because what is this cup to you? Like it's it, it's brand new. It's in the middle of the season. It's just a distraction. I feel from I'm not sure what, but it's just going to yeah. be cause for a distraction for many teams. Like I said, maybe you have like those teams that by December their season's over already. Yeah, yeah. But an 82 game season is already long enough with a bunch of distractions. You get that all-star break but i mean i i just cannot see any reason to want to add this to the season i don't see any benefits coming from this yeah i truthfully believe that it's just something for adam silver and the nba to say hey look we're trying to spruce up the season because 82 games is really long but aside from this like you said I mean, there's not going to be emotions where you're ugly crying, holding up the December cup when there's still <laughs> two to three months of basketball still left. I mean, it's just, I don't know who signed off on this to let this go through. Adam, so but I'm is it really officially happening? Ball. No, but it's like, I think it's like in like yeah. deep negotiations it's, it's and stuff. Negotiations, I know, uh, Nick Carlson, were you going to say something? Oh, no, wait, wait, Jacobus, uh, finish up real quick. No, I was just going to say that that was all I had to say on that. But, I mean, I just think that it's a complete distraction. Okay. Nick Carlson, do you have something? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's dumb because when you think about it, like, to, to compare it to, like, football terms, the Cardinals were, what, 9-1 and one before they absolutely blew up and went 9-8? and eight. Yeah. Like, let's say you win that midseason tournament and you don't even make the playoffs. It comes off almost like, like the first thing I thought of when we were talking about it was the MVP for the Nickelodeon thing with Mitch Trubisky. That's like the first thing I think of. It's just like a meme trophy. Oh, it's like, man. oh, the Timberwolves won the and the you tournament. Know Pat Beverly would get it too. Yeah, and it'd be like it would be a great thing for like the Magic to win. But like, if you're the Celtics, if you're the Heat, why would you even want to try to play for that? You're playing for the bigger prize in the championship. Yeah. I would just rest every starter. It's like the summer league for the top teams. The Sixers, like the six, obviously, you know my allegiance, you know for the Sixers. It wouldn't make sense for any of us. Embiid is already injury prone, and Harden, the whole hamstring thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. Like I, Embiid wants to bring like the the big prize. I don't care about like ooh Philadelphia. We're gonna have a parade down Broad Street for the Cup Trophy. Uh, it it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense for me. The playing tournament. I mean, I've kind of come to accept it. I was a, a hater at first, but I've kind of come to accept it. I don't think it's necessarily like interesting when you have like a bottom feeder just getting smacked. But like you know, the Timberwolves didn't surprise me. Um, but the midseason, it just doesn't make any sense. Kobe, you want to wrap up real quick? Anything? 
I think we covered everything. I, it would. The main point is that it would be pointless. Yeah. There's yeah. no no. The, I feel like there's very little upside to it unless it's something astronomical that you're getting out of it. Yeah, honestly, I think unless it's like guaranteed first overall pick or something, or um, I just don't think they would play for that because then that person is taking. I don't really. I can't think of any reward where I'm like, yeah, they would. They would go for that. The winner of the midseason tournament gets Bronny. Yeah, like <laughs> that. Okay, or Victor Wembanyama. Uh, so, um, on, I, I, we'll we'll see a lot of a lot of things to uh, look over with this midseason tournament. Seems like it's going to be in the works. All right, so we've covered the NFL and NBA. Uh, we're going to go right to our top five, but first we have to look at WGLS community calendar. Are you in need of a furry friend? Want to give an animal a nice home? Then look no further than the Gloucester County Animal Shelter. Located at 1200 North Delcy Drive in Clayton, they are just the place whether you want to donate or want to adopt. For more information, their phone number is 856-881-2828. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these quick messages. The workday's done. It's time to hit the road. That's where Rowan Radio comes in and the ride at 5. Tune in from 5 to 6 p.m. for the music that matters and the songs you want to listen to. Give us a call or send us a text, and if we've got it in store, we'll play it over the air. But if you just can't get enough of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, let us pick the music while you drive. That's The Ride at 5, Monday through Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. only on the station with more music than anyone else. Roman Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the inaugural Offsides here on Monday afternoon to the fall 2022 semester. I'm your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Alongside me, I have Nick Carlson, Kobe O'Brien, and uh, Nick Jacobus joining us on Zoom. So before we get into our final segment for today, dive deep into the world of news, entertainment, and pop culture with Studio 89.7 on the second Saturday of every month at 9 a.m., Join Philadelphia radio veteran Paul Perello as he sits down with major newsmakers, authors, and celebrities to discuss a variety of topical issues. You'll experience something new, exciting, and different with Paul Perello on Studio 89.7, the second Saturday of each month at 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. The second Saturday uh, for next month, I believe we are past that yes we are uh the next one for paul perello will be october 8th that is the second saturday of next month so if you want to listen to paul perello join him next on october 8th all right so we have come to the end of the show we have one more uh thing to get to of course it is our top five I've kept everyone in suspense for long enough so here we go Name your top five NFL stadiums that you'd like to see a game in. And I added this um, when I was telling uh, the other guys uh, initially, just in case there was any doubt or whatever. 
Uh, international stadiums do count. So Mexico City, Wembley and London, you have, uh, I think, the Buccaneers and Seahawks or something. They're playing a game uh, this season over in Germany in, um, I think, Munich. Yeah, uh, they're playing a game over there. So any of those stadiums do count. I just wanted to make that clear. So I will go last. Uh, Nick Jacobus, I'll start with you. If you want to go 5-1, to 1-5, one, one to five, if you have no order, and if you have an honorable mention, go ahead. So I don't have any particular order. Okay. I do have to start, hands down, watching it in – you said is it the Hotspur Stadium or what stadium is it? Uh, Hotspur in- is in London. Wembley is also in London. And That's you can also um, – if you've been there, that you can also include that. Go ahead. I have not. Uh, I wish I could. <laughs> but to see a football game – Football, football in London would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, yep. you gotta, you gotta admit, it'd be pretty cool to be in a different, uh, like I guess, quote unquote, our home country where we won that Revolutionary War. Anyways, getting off track there. Next, I'd have to say AT and T Stadium. I mean, Jerry's World. Okay. It's big. They always, I feel like, are adding something new. They always put on an amazing show there. I feel that would definitely be a place I would love to go see. And then Soldier Field in Chicago, because of the history there, that's, I mean, I would just love to see the game, how old that stadium is. Okay. Uh, the next one, again, would have to be Lambeau Field. I mean, just how much history is on that field. It'd be awesome to experience a live NFL game there. And then for for the for the LOLs, I'd have to go to FedEx Field just to see actually how bad the FedEx Field is has become it's I mean, the is the worst way. field i know yeah. uh, i know i mean i think it would one be the cheapest probably most fun time you could go to a football game for i mean see how much you could break when you're in the stadium probably like five dollar tickets or something exactly i mean that would hands down be something to see and then honorable mention i would maybe have to say the superdome just because of the reputation it has with how loud it can get and the history behind it especially with the hurricane uh okay um mercedes oh i think it's was it louisiana caesar's superdome now it used to be mercedes-benz but but oh we got to change it so (laughs) it's always going to be mercedes-benz superdome in new orleans and uh, mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta it's always going to be that for me all these name changes that we've all these name changes no uh, what were you saying? Same with Heinz Field. It, oh it's yeah, Heinz Field. Is that the Paycor one now? I think yeah, it is. Yeah, it's some weird name. Yeah. All right, some good uh, points from Nick Jacobus. Thank you, sir. Uh, Nick Carlson, let's go to you. Five to one, one to five. No order. Honorable mention. If you have one, go. So I have uh, some honorable mentions, but also ones I've been to before. Okay. Uh, I think that. Colt Stadium, uh, Lucas Oil is the best stadium I've ever been to of all sports. That does look cool. Uh, it's it was beautiful when I went. Uh, Buffalo Bills is the single worst stadium I've, <laughs> I've ever been to in any single sports. Uh, it was horrible. Uh, it was there's no parking lot. You park in people's lawns. So <laughs> seriously, <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrific. Um, so going down the list, uh, I've been to I've been to Heinz Field. I've been to FedEx Field, um, but. Uh, number five for me, Seattle, just because of how loud it gets. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Lumen Field, I think it's called. Yeah. I feel like it'd be interesting just to go to that. Uh, Gillette is also another one. Okay. Just because of the yeah the history with Tom Brady. Uh, I think that'd be cool. 
Um, Lambo is another one also just because of the history. It's apparently yep. the best uh, field, so I'd want to go check it out. Okay. Um, AT&T is another one, uh, just like Nick said, Jerry's World. Yep. Um, and then I think the easy number one for me uh, is Vegas. Allegiant. Just yeah, just because of how it looks. Uh, they okay. have like... They have like a club in the end zone. Also, tickets, I think, are six hundred dollars to sit in the nosebleeds. Oh my god! So you'd have to think just because of that, it would probably draw you in. And it's also, it's Vegas, so it's like you really can't turn away. Yeah, from I that. mean, like obviously, you have like a lot of people with you know gambling and you know probably SoFi the same thing. Like you got to be like in the top one percent of the of our economy to get like a nosebleed ticket. So. Uh, some good choices there. I uh, I'll get to mine in a second, but Kobe, let's go to you. Five to one, one to five, no order. Honorable mention. If you have one, go. So my reasoning was a mix of everyone so far. So number okay. five, I just went Bank of America because I'm a Panthers fan. Okay, got to get that one out of the way. I have a four A and four B. Okay, Arrowhead and Lumen purely because they're just the loudest stadiums in the NFL, and I would love to just experience that. Uh, and then three, I got Lambo history. Can't can't beat that. Just especially with like the cold Lambo feeling, I would love to experience a game like that. Lambo in January, it's got to be raw. Yeah, <laughs> like I like negative I would, five degrees. Being there, I probably hate it. But like you know, looking after like after you deal with like being in like negative twenty degrees, you'd be like that was a great time. Yeah, uh, and then okay. two is Allegiant. Okay. And number one is SoFi because they put five oh, billion. Forgot about SoFi. They put five billion into that thing. Holy and. I, I saw like a, vir a virtual tour by like GQ. Every inch of that thing is beautiful. Yeah, a lot of all right. Some good choices there. Um, yeah, like that those stadiums over in on the West Coast. I you just look at them and you're like, you know, and and, and what's hilarious too. What, what I do find hilarious, we we all make fun of the Chargers. Like obviously when they were still in San Diego, like the like a few years ago and now it's like oh they play you know 17 road games and the rams you know uh, i think matt stafford said the other day like oh there were a lot of bills fans we were doing a silent count and stuff even though these are big stadiums it's still hilarious that like the away fans are still you know coming to these games and overpopulating the home team and the home fans like yeah, week one uh herbert had to use silent count when you have to use a silent count in your home stadium, like once, okay, but like if it's every game, that's just sad. Like I also I think it's fascinating because like the Rams just won the Super Bowl and oh, like yeah. where's their fans? The Chargers look really good. Where's their fans? It's not like they're like the Commanders who are like they're eh. Like well, the Chargers have like ten fans. Yeah, the Commanders. I, did you guys see those videos? Like nobody showed up to their camp and stuff. That that was sad. But it's like Dan Snyder just does not care about that team. But anyway. All right, so I'll wrap it up with my top five. Uh, my honorable mention is Lincoln Financial. It's the only stadium that I've been to, I think. If, yeah, I think it should be. Uh, I did go to the Link, not for a game, uh, but I did go to their open practice the year we won the Super Bowl, but, so before you had to get tickets. So when I went, you could pretty much just walk off the street, I think. Now you got to get tickets, and they, I think they're free, but they sell out in like three-tenths of a second. So it's really hard to get into. I'd love to go to a game sometime, but uh, I'll put that as my honorable mention in terms of I want to go to these other stadiums. Number five, I will have uh, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. That stadium is just dynamite. 
it looks really good compared to the Raiders' uh, questionable former stadium in Oakland, uh, former baseball field and all that. So it looks really good. I'd like to see that. Number four, nobody said this. Uh, Nick Jacobus said Tottenham Hotspur in London, so I'm going to go Wembley in London. Uh, Wembley Stadium is the site of most of the uh, international London games, you know, it's not an NFL season unless the Jaguars play in London. Um, so I'd love to go see Wembley. Number three, most everybody pretty much had Lambeau as number three. So I'm going to go Lambeau number three as well. Historic field, obviously. And, you know, you, you know the whole thing like, oh, I'd hate to be playing in January at Lambeau. Uh, something you just want to experience. And it's interesting, too, how in the NFC North, the Bears and the Packers play outside but the Vikings and the Lions play inside, and they're all in freezing cities in the winter. Um, so, some going to Lambeau in like below, like sub-zero temperatures would be a interesting experience, I think. Number two, uh, Kobe said this as one of his A B or whatever uh, Arrowhead, but now it's called uh, Geha Field at Arrowhead Stadium or G E H A or whatever. <laughs> Uh, we'll still call it Arrowhead, like we call Staples Center, instead of La Crypto and all that. Uh, Arrowhead, just the noise, you see it on TV, that they are just loud. I, I can't even imagine. Like, I know Eagles fans are loud, but Chiefs fans, that that's just amazing how they can just affect the game so much. And number one, uh, I will go with SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. That stadium looks over-the-top, beautiful. Uh, brand spanking new, something that obviously I'd love to go see L.A. Um, in the near future. So I will go with SoFi as number one. All right, so that is going to wrap up here for our offsides uh, on this lovely evening on September 12th, 2022. Uh, just a reminder, offsides this semester, as usual, will happen on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 5 p.m. I will be your host on Mondays. Aaron Hook will be on Wednesdays. And our sports director, Danny Ryan, will be with you on Fridays. So if you want the most sports content, I'd recommend tuning in to as many offsides as you can. So for all of us here in the studio, I'd like to thank Kobe O'Brien, Nick Carlson, and uh, Nick Jacobus for joining me today. I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5.30 for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.